Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Off the Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. For Bob Jane T-Mart's tire and wheel specialists. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Off the Bench. Scotty Sattler, how are you, mates? I'm good, Woogie, Jace, and uh, and listeners. Uh, can't wait for this weekend. Well, Outstanding. Off Outstanding. Off from a footy point of view, well, oh. it's also long weekends. I haven't even thought about that, to be quite honest. That's the first thing I think no, of. I'm just excited about the NRL, the <laughs> AFL finals this weekend. Yeah, Monday, Monday morning, I'll get up at 3 a.m. I'm not going to play golf Monday at this stage, and I'm just going to watch the NFL all day. Because the Cowboys are playing the Browns at 3 a.m. And I might as well just sit there and watch no, it's all That's an easy win. To the Browns? Or no, the Cowboys? the Cowboys. You know, uh, Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys coach, yep. has never lost at AT&T Stadium in Dallas. Never. Really? Five, Even when he had the Packers? Five yep. and zippy is. Okay. Well, just how crap are the Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> Mike McCarthy. Anyway, we'll get to that a little later on. It is week one of the NRL finals. Lots to go through uh, with that. Um, some great matchups this weekend. We'll get to that. Broncos are finally locked in a coach. We'll tick that off and get to that. And there's been a late withdrawal at the Roosters. We'll get to that as well. Should we, instead of just saying we'll get to that, should we just get to that? Time on Off the Bench to look back on the news of the week. Uh, As, uh, well, the world's worst rugby league secret, Kevin Walters, uh, is now the Broncos coach. Two-year deal worth about a million bucks. He'd be happy with that. He's just happy to be uh, coaching, I guess. Um, finally, we're seeing some positive publicity around the Broncos this week and some positive messages coming out of Kevy and some of the legends around the game. Quite emotional, actually. Kevy, when interviewed yeah. uh, during the week about taking on the Broncos role, one that he has always hoped that one day he would be able to um, to be successful at, uh, at being recruited for. And, you know, a lot of people have doubted Kevy. I'm, I'm, I suppose I'm one of them in a sense that... Yeah, we doubt any coach that goes into their first year of the NRL head coaching role about with no experience, what are they going to be like, especially at such a powerful club like the Brisbane Broncos. But because there is such positive news around the signing of Kevin Walters, they've ticked the first, first box, the Brisbane Broncos, in their appointment because what they need is confidence back in the logo by the fans. The next stage is getting the community engaged again, but most importantly, finding someone like Kevy that can now educate the players on what it takes to be an NRL player. Now, I think the Broncos this year, Jace, were, they weren't united. They all claim they're, they're united, but they weren't. You can tell when a try scored where they stand beyond the in the in-goal area, the way they communicate with each other on the field. When you look at footage on the news each week about their training, when their training is on during the week, how they communicate and how they fraternise with each other. I don't think they're a united group. I think they're a very individual group. I think they're a selfish group the way they played rugby league. And what Kevy will do, what he'll endeavour to do, is try and get that selfishness out of them and educate them on, one, what the jersey represents, two, what it means to be an NRL player and how hard you've got to work, and three, how much success you can get when you've got a, a really united playing group. Um, 
Paul Kent on the Matty Johns podcast said this week he needs to sack some people, get rid of some people. And um, I thought his point was really good where he said, they may be good for you on the field, but they're not for you off the field. I'm just paraphrasing here. Yeah, so Who's you, he talking you about? You might need them for 80 minutes on the field, but you don't need them during the week. The effect they have on the playing group. How many – well, for, uh, no, I won't, I won't ask you to name names mm. on who he's, unless you want to, but, but how many of those players do you think out of that first-grade team are sitting there now who fall into that category? Um, I'm, I'm not quite sure because I don't know what they're like from Monday to Friday. Well, one's gone. But from the outside looking in, I think he would be alluding to Anthony Milford. Right. A player that doesn't have, from all reports, a great training ethic. Well, train in between the hours if you've got to be there. But, you know, I've been told reports that from really good authority, first-hand authority that have said, come on, let's go do some kicking practice. He goes, no, I don't do kicking practice before or after training. Now, if you want to be successful in rugby league and be consistent, you've got to have a really good work ethic outside of those hours. So I think he'd be alluding to Anthony Milford as the flag bearer. But you've got to remember, Kevy and Anthony Milford, they work really well together. When Anthony Milford had an amazing 2015 season, and if the Broncos win that premiership, he goes close to getting the Clive Churchill medal. That was the year that Kevy worked with him. Right. First hand. So uh, one-on-one coaching, and I'm sure that's going to continue, and I'm sure he's a coach that Anthony Milford feels though that he can get the best out of him. So uh, I think there'd be a handful of players there that they'd be talking about, but I think it'd be alluding to Anthony Milford first and foremost, which I think's off the mark because when you're paying a million dollars, he's got great athletic attributes. We know what he can do. We've always been waiting for him to display what he can do. It's about finding the key. What's the key that can just tap into his his psychological talent? And, and that, from all accounts, is Kevy. Yeah, but... You know what? That just that irks me so much. Yeah, I know. It irks. Mate, he, he's on a million dollar contract. You, you're paid a lot of money, so you should almost be one of the leaders of the team. You should be leading by example. You should be there before everybody else. You should be there after everybody Chase, else. That's setting a, an that's example. That's a problem when you, when you when you sign a check for a million dollars for a player per season. There's a lot more that goes to that million dollars just outside of playing ability. And so what I'm, what I'm thinking is that the due diligence and the research that the Brisbane Broncos did on Anthony Milford yeah, wasn't that profound. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because many people would have told you that yep. he's he's an introverted kid with there's nothing wrong with that. Doesn't work really hard away from the training paddock. Which uh, you could tell once the rules got changed post-COVID, the return. Oh, I think you can tell by people's body shape. Yeah. Whether they're but he got workers. found out. He got found out. Mm, so A lot of them did, though. I think Kevy. Oh, yeah. I think Kevy will be the one that'll be able to right. maybe untap. Oh, sorry, unlock that that talent that he's got. Geez, it'd be nice if just players did it off their own back for once. You, you know, know, it would be really. You know nice. what, Jason? It's like when it's, it's like when you get beaten in a game of rugby league, and in the post match press conference, a coach or a player will say, "Yeah, we didn't see that coming. We got ambushed today." Well, no, you know it's a game of rugby league. You know it's going to be really physical. <laughs> you know that they're going to want everything that you want to try and achieve throughout yeah. the game. They're going to try and take that from you. It's never been a good excuse. When you get paid a million dollars, it comes with a lot of responsibility. I'm almost over talking about the Broncos, but very quickly. I agree. Uh, Be- Bellamy, 10-year deal, uh, hasn't been confirmed yet. Ludicrous. Yeah, I, I think it's I, I don't reckon it'll happen. I reckon it's just a bunch of fluff. 
Uh, no doubt he'll probably end up at the Broncos as a coaching director in some form. But I don't think he'll leave Melbourne. I, I think he'll move to South East Queensland. And Melbourne will allow him to play some sort of coaching advisor role. Yeah. Uh, or It'd be a role very similar to what Mal has yeah. at at the Titans. Culture and Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. And you know what? I was probably one of the um, critics of that. But now we're starting to see the fruits of Mal's work come through. I think, I think and, Mal's main role is whether you want to argue it or not, it's recruitment. Absolutely. It's recruitment. It's about... He opens doors, mate. Well, he's about walking into the yeah. into the room of... Yeah. The same room as Tino Fasua Malawi, and he looks at him and says, wow, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. yeah. Come, come and play for us. We'll yep. look after you. Mm. And I reckon Bellamy can do the same at the Broncos because, mate, they've got to rebuild. They're going to have to want to have players go to that club because Kev, whilst Kevy is a great bloke and, and, and again, yet to be proven as a coach. He hasn't coached a first-grade team. He he will need to get a bunch of players there who want to go to the Broncos and win. Not not because you put on a Broncos jersey, you're entitled to be, you know, a Bronco and you're a star. And I think that's been part of the problem Do you think he year. wouldn't want to do that for Melbourne, seeing that Cam Smith's going to retire? He'll be gone. There'll be a lot of – the Melbourne Storm will go through a, a bit of a downward spiral. I don't think it's going to be a significant one, but a big downward spiral in the years that Cameron Smith and and also well, we've said Craig Bellamy look retire. At all the, but look at all the other retirements. They've just continued to march on, haven't they? Yeah. So why so do why, that job from South East Why Queensland? wouldn't he do that for Melbourne? Well, that's, I mean, because he's such a loyal guy. I know that yeah. Melbourne, gave him, Melbourne gave him his first opportunity as a head coach. I, I can't see him leaving Melbourne in whatever capacity it is. Yep, yeah, right. Mm. Okay. Let's move away from the Broncos. Sonny Bill Williams. Uh, actually, we can't because that's... Yeah. Okay. Um, Tom Travojevic, out of origin. Yeah. Is that is that good or bad? I mean, he's a great player, don't get me wrong. bad for New South Wales. Yeah, but, geez, there's some handy replacements around. Uh, you know what? It's bad for New South Wales, but it's not. Jason, I know what you're trying, probably trying to allude to. He hasn't played for a lot of weeks. Mm. He's coming in underdone. He's coming in back from a, a damaged hamstring. His first game back from a hamstring injury, which requires so much endurance and stamina in the hamstring, then it needs power as well. His first game back will be an origin game. Yeah, can't happen. So yeah, it does hurt New South Wales, but probably not as much as what New South Wales think it's going to hurt them just I don't due think... to his lack of his lack of... Uh, playing time. I think you've spoken like a true loyal Queenslander there, thinking it's a problem for New South Wales. I don't think it is a problem for for Freddie. Um, I reckon he will have ample replacements. If you if you were Freddie, who would you chuck into that role? Oh, the first one you go for would be Morris, but he's already but he's retired. He's already said he's not going to play. But can I can I just say on Morris? I reckon he looked. I reckon he looked slow against South. South really they all showed did. him up. No, they all did. So you think they were loaded? Well, they'll load it up from a training and overload right. point of view. To get him ready game. for this week, yeah. 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 What about Crichton? Uh, no, he's a left centre. Unless right. they're willing to move Jack Whiten to the other centre, the right side centre, they've got. They're, they're playing out of place. They're playing out of position anyway. Exactly. Whiten's not. But Whiten, Whiten likes to attack on the left hand side of the right, field okay. when he's a 5 8. Uh, makes me sick that you can't play both sides of the field. I'm sure Jack <laughs> Whiten can, being a fullback. But if, if they're able to move Whiten to the right side. It gives them a lot more option on the left side. Steve Crichton, Jared Croker from Canberra, who's yet to play Origin yet. But hasn't had his greatest year. Like, he's had better years than this, and he should have been in the team. Interesting if he does get picked. Mm. Um, probably not a bad choice teaming up with Whiten in the centres. 
Uh, but does Freddie like players who are in red-hot form right now? Oh, he's always said what? that he's always going to pick players that are in form. What about Lomax? Zach Lomax, I think, was actually left out of his initial squad of right. players that, that were named. So, and, and he, there's question marks around his defence anyway, right? So, no, I, I think he, I think he'd be outstanding, Zach Lomax. But they're, they're trying to figure out whether he's a fullback or whether he's a centre. Yeah, at the moment, and and to throw, I think if you're going to replace Tom Troy to Boyevich, you're going to, have to replace him with a player that's possibly been there before or played really big games in their Campbell career. Campbell Graham. Campbell Graham is, even though he's only 19 years of age, he's played some really big games in the first Knows three how to years. Finish, has it, doesn't he? I think he is the front runner. Yeah, for that right side centre position. Freddie said two weeks ago when the Bulldogs were playing the Rabbitohs, he goes, "Yeah, no, we like this guy around Origin, and he's in consideration." So, very interesting. Another one is Bradman Best for yeah. the Knights. Too early, do you think? He's had his injury niggles this year too. Yeah, but he's he's back this week, yeah. and if. If the Knights beat the Rabbits on Sunday and they go through to a second week, he's getting some game time under yep. his belt. Yep. Yeah, yep. fair enough. Um, Bennett confirmed as Queensland Origin coach. This was late on Thursday night. Only for this year, but... Yeah, mm. Origin, now, Origin 1 will be Bennett's 23rd game in charge of the Maroons. He's won five or seven series. Not a bad... I mean, it's not as good as Mal's record, but, geez, that's a pretty good record. Kevy will assist... In some way, you know, just to help whilst Bennett is obviously with South. Is this an issue for South? Well, obviously no. it's got South's blessing, right? No, it's not an issue because it, two completely different scenarios. I think, Jace, when you've got uh, when you've got Kevy Walters trying to, when he was still Origin coach and the Broncos and going to be named as the Broncos coach, his ability to be able to juggle both roles wouldn't have worked because he's never been a head coach and there's so much that goes into it from a yeah, you know, football department operations perspective for Kevy setting up his football operations, he wouldn't have been able to juggle both both roles. Wayne, on the other hand, has been involved in coaching since the early eighties, so he knows his way around these short this short term coaching role. So to to Wayne, he'll be able to do it on his head. He'll do it easy, and it won't be a concern for South because the players support Wayne. Um, they. Drink the Kool Aid that that Wayne serves them. They believe in him. He's got a great assistant there in Jason Demetrio, who is basically doing a lot of the coaching, and Wayne is really overseeing. He delegates very well, Wayne. It won't be a concern for South at all. Will not be a concern. Will not even be a blip on their radar. What what what's in it for Bennett? One year, one se- one series. What, what's in it for him? Special circumstances. You need a person that's been there and done it before. Is either both he or Mal, and I, I think that it was always going to be Wayne. Wayne's got some really good relationships with some key people in the in the QRL. I'm sure Mal has as well. Yeah, but Mal's an, a kangaroo coach. Yeah, but he's been given the okay by Volandis because yeah. there's no tour this year. Yeah, exactly. But I know it's special circumstances this year with COVID, but it just makes it a little bit more streamlined, and by by giving it to Bennett, who's not assigned a line to to the kangaroos and hasn't been aligned for the origin for a number of years. So, and because he can, he could do it easy. He can do it easy, Wayne. He, he won't have to disrupt his normal routine, his normal preparation because, you know, he's been in this paddock before. So to be able to do it this year and then for more reports, Paul Green is being positioned as possible 2021 and onwards. I think, I think, I actually think it's a really good, 
I think it's the best scenario that the QRL could have come up with. It's that time for an Off The Bench Friday Night Preview. Oh, I can't wait for this game tonight. The Panthers, the Penny Panthers, Satch, your Penny Panthers, taking on the Roosters at uh, Penrith Stadium, 7.50 tonight, the first of the finals. I had a Roosters fan just abuse me on my walk this morning. Really? In good nature. He had his Roosters shirt on. Oh, really? He said, I hope it's a horrible night for you guys tonight. I said, that shan't be happening. That sh- you, you didn't, t- please tell me. I said, use that shan't, shan't be happening, You mate. can't say shan't. Mm. You can't. Well, I did. You can't say shan't. <laughs> uh, can the Roosters get off to a fast start and put 16 to 18 on the Panthers? Yeah, yeah they can. Difference between the Roosters, oh, they can do a lot of size, but the Penrith's defense has been the best in the competition uh, this year. It's been outstanding. And that's what the Roosters can do to you. They can blow you away in a 20-minute period. And then you've got to try and find plan B to, to get back at them. And admittedly, they haven't been the same this year, the Roosters. Uh, it's a bit like Melbourne Storm. They won't blow you off the park in the first 20. They'll, it's death by a thousand cuts with Melbourne. They'll, they'll ensure that they just slowly screw the, tighten the screws you know, each and every minute of the game just to finally hit you with the final nail in the 75th minute. But the Roosters, what they do is they they got the ability to blow you away. Now, I think they've got to come up with something different to beat this Panthers side. I don't think you can just afford to try and go through the middle and try and out-muscle the Panthers. I think they've mm. they've proven in the back half of the my, – my biggest question at the first start of the – the start of the year was were they physically and mentally tough enough to go toe-to-toe with the big wigs? They've convinced me in the back half that they are. They've really matured as a team. From, the, from an aggressive point of view. So if they can put 16 or 18 on them, the Roosters, how do the Penrith Panthers respond? That's going to be the biggest question because they're a little bit more like, like Might and Power, the horse. From the minute the whistle goes, the minute they jump, they want to lead. They want to continue leading. And, and defend. And just defend your way their way out of it. Mm. But you know, if if they get their uh, – if the water's if – the, if the water cracks really early – how do they respond to that is the biggest concern for the Penrith Panthers. I reckon people are underestimating the Panthers. Oh, they are. They are. They're saying, oh, they've got to lift. They've got to find another level in finals. No. That's not the case at all. Yes, they don't have a lot of finals experience in the NRL, but they've got a lot of finals experience as a, as a group of players that came through the junior reps together. They've tasted a lot of success. They've got good combinations. And they don't need to find another level because – they won the minor premiership by the length they of the straight. They are the level. They are it. You're right. All the other teams have to find something else to get to their level. And to beat them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, very interesting. Are the Roosters scarred from that game against South? Yeah, they'll be scarred. Uh, their, their pride, they'd be embarrassed. And I think if you, when you rattle the cage of the Roosters, and I've said this throughout the week, Jace, I would have been interested to see how they turned up the next day. Mm. They turn up the next day thinking that everything's just going to fall back into place. They've got problems. If they turn up the next day a little bit, not as chirpy as what they always would be the day after training when they go and do their rehab together on the Saturday morning after being beaten by the Rabbits by 60. Um, if they turned up with their tail between their legs, with their pride dented, well, then you know you've got a, a hungry team on your hands that are ready to go. So yeah. I would have been interested to see how they would have been the next day. Um, this is why the Roosters won't win. This is the reason. I'm telling you now. No friend. No Jake They've friend. got no friends. They've no, got friends. <laughs> well, not many. I'm a South supporter. <sighs> no Jake friend, mate. Huge. Huge out. And when he went off the field, I know it was early, 
when he went off the field last week, it's just not the same. Mm. It's not, it, that right. leadership around the park for the forwards, it was missing. And, I mean, I, Sonny Bill Williams, I think, is a bonus. With him not playing, I think it's actually a bonus for the Roosters. And I've said this along, I think, having SBW back at the club has been wonderful promotion, wonderful marketing for the game, and I think it's fantastic. But he's hardly trained. He's not playing. Trains every day. Yeah, but mate, not not. You talk about this. He's not match fit, and I think it gives an opportunity for a player who has been playing throughout the year. Yeah, and but do they have fit. do they have that player you're going to replace him with? And yeah. tonight it's Nat Butcher. Yeah, good young player. Yep. Does he have the same influence on his teammates? So well, absolutely, because Sonny Bill Williams has had no influence on the games he has played. Yeah, not not from a a practical point of view. But in saying that, I just know that in finals and in these big games and I'm in the defensive line and I look next to me and I see Sonny Bill, I get a little bit of a kick. Nah. All right. Yeah, I'm All telling right. you, that's how it happens. Okay. Oh, well, I'll have to take your word. You've played the game. I haven't. Uh, more off the bench to come. If I had if argue about golf <laughs> and well, you're, you'd win that as you're well. going around in 120. <laughs> 111. Um, oh. Thank you. 111. More off the bench coming up soon. Bob Jane T-Marts by three. Get one free on selected performance tyres. From Bridgestone and Yokohama, bobjane.com.au. This is Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Mart's tyre and wheel specialist. We'll be back shortly. We're back. This is Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Mart's tyre and wheel specialists. Yeah, we are back on Off the Bench. Uh, Sats and Jace here today. Hey, Sats, we're going to have a look at the uh, top five players to look out for mm-hmm. in the finals this weekend. Like, uh, who, when we're watching these games, who should we be looking out for? Number five, you've got Nathan Brown from Parramatta. I think if Parramatta are going to make a run for this final, and um, who do they play on the weekend? They play Melbourne. Mm-hmm. If they're to beat Melbourne, I think Nathan Brown has to be the best player. He's the one player, one, he just brings so much aggression to the game. I love his aggression. Sometimes it tips a little bit too far over and he's got to try and he's just got to try and manage it a little bit, but he's still got to play with the same amount of spirit. Uh, but he's got this beautiful offload as well in his game. He's got a nice little passing game before the line. I think that's something that can break up Melbourne if they're going to beat them. You know who he reminds me of? Sorry. Yeah. Just a, Greg Bird. He reminds me of Greg. He hit that mongrel. Just involved in everything. Yep. Yeah. Really skillful and aggressive. With the ball. Yeah. yeah, and aggressive. I just I like him as a player. I love what he brings to Parramatta. He brings something different. And you've got to be different to beat Melbourne. So if they're going to beat Melbourne and, and they make a run for this premiership, I think Nathan Brown's their best player. Not right. Mitchell Moses, not Clint Gutherson, because they do what they do, but this guy's something different. He's one out of the box. Okay. What about number four? Who have you got there? I've got Jerome Luai from the Panthers. Uh, I think uh, Nathan Cleary takes on a lot of the responsibility, so you've got to have a deputy, a really good um, really big groom, really good groom to take on a lot of those other roles. And he does it really, really well. They've played a lot of their junior footy together. They know each other back to front. And um, those combinations are really important in, in rugby league, especially the, the big finals game. So... He reminds me of Preston Campbell a lot where he, he doesn't want the responsibility but he jumps around the field and creates a lot of turmoil for the defence. So a uh, short kicking game as well. Jerome Luai, if he can take the pressure off Nathan Cleary and just allow Nathan to do what he does, I think he could be one of the players of the finals. Okay. Uh, number three is interesting. I thought it would have been someone else from South Sydney. I, I, I would have thought um, Cody Walker would make the list but you've got Damien Cook. Mm. Why? Because I think Damien Cook's had a good year, a really good year. Out of a, a rating out of a ten, I think he's had 
I think he's had a 7.8 to an 8. He's gotten better as the season's gone on. Exactly. He's got used to the new six again rule. Now, everyone thought that he was going to benefit from this the best. Yeah. Slow play the ball, six again. He gets out dummy half, runs behind the markers as they score a try. That's where the lazy players are. So he's realised in the back half of the year that when he takes off from dummy half in behind the marker, it's not behind the marker. It's step off your your inside foot and start working on those edge defenders. And he's yep. he's worked that out really well. And guys like Cody Walker and and um, Adam Reynolds have benefited from that. So if he's able to do that and dictate terms around the rack, Cody Walker and them will be as dangerous as what they are because of the work that Damien Cook does. Can I just indulge myself for a mm. moment talking about South? You know what I've loved about them over the last month? To put, put the Bulldogs game to the side mm-hmm. is – the six and seven combination, you, you passing don't, to each other. Yeah, yeah. You don't see it anymore, do you? You don't see it from a lot of clubs. We're seeing, starting to see it a lot more with the six again. Um, but South have have been the one side that have they've really changed their focus. Once upon a time, it used to be Adam Reynolds on the right hand side, Cody Walker and John Sutton on the left hand side. Yeah. But now they're working to one side of the goalpost and they're. They're allowing the nine to pass the seven to pass the six at speed. It's old school rugby it's great. league. Now we've just got to see the centre center come round and be centre center alongside each other as well. And oh, you think that might happen? I reckon one team's going to bring it back out. I, I reckon we could almost get rid of one centre. You know, bring it, just bring it down to a 12-man a team and just get rid of one centre. Because one centre's a waste. I mean, two centres are a waste. Two, the wing, winger, the, two wingers are a waste. Well, the wingers have now become the new centres. You're right. You, you know, not, they're going to start talking about, I want winger money soon. <laughs> like, wingers have changed. Anyway, we move on. Jack White at number two. Yeah. I, I love sitting back and listening to our, our good friend Gary Belcher talk about how when Jack White runs the ball with the size that he is, like six foot two and a half, he's six foot three, he reminds him of Laurie Daly. Yeah, and well. Laurie Daly was the hardest player that I was fortunate enough to play against. He was a nightmare. I could imagine Jack White being the same. I've loved watching him mature as a rugby league player, being a lot more balanced in his game and knowing when to kick and when to run and when to pass and use his size to his advantage. So I think the Raiders can win the comp outside the five, outside the four, I should say. If they do, a little bit like last year as well, Jack Whiten's the man. I think he's, I think he's come ahead in leaps and bounds from 12 months ago. He... Um he always makes a lot of breaks near near the line. Like he always takes, just uses his yeah, size. Just goes straight yeah. for the line. I mean, some teams aren't still aren't awake after that. He'll yeah. quite often score a couple of tries in a game. He just takes them on and, mm. and scores and busts those tackles. Number one again, not who I thought would be number one from the Storm. You've got Cam Munster. I think Cam Munster's taken a lot of responsibility to the side this this year away from Cam Smith. Cam Smith's been really dominant this year, yeah. but. But I think it's been Cam that's been the one. Cam Munster has been the one that's really stood out. Just his his unpredictability, the way that he plays. He's so creative the way that he plays. He would be a nightmare to try and defensively, to try and tactically come up with a plan to shut him down would be a nightmare because he doesn't actually know what he's doing himself. Mm. He plays just what's in front of him. He doesn't try and predetermine what's going to happen. Players like Wally Lewis and those sort of guys, they could set up the game Alfie, Peter Sterling, they could set the game up the way they wanted to play it at the back end of sets or the back end of games. Cam Munster says, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just going to react to what I see. Two completely different styles of play. 
And when he's in that frame of mind and his big forwards are winning the middle and it gives him a little bit of space, he's almost unstoppable. So I think if the Storm are going to win the comp, Kerr Munster will be the player of the finals. You know what? I thought you were going to – I thought you would have chosen Pappenhausen. Is there a reason why you didn't? Because I think Pappenhausen gets freed up and he's as good as what he is when guys like Munster and Smith are dictating terms to the opposition – so outside of Pappenhausen's kick returns, which are just – they're amazing to mm. watch, which is just purely speed and, and instinct, the stuff around the middle of the field and the opportunity gets us, gets on the sort of the fringe of the ruck, that's because of the really hard work that Smith and Munster do to able to get him isolated. They isolate him um, on defence and just his speed wins wins the game. So, yeah. um, But Munster's a, he's an old gunslinger. You know, he's just plays what's in front of him and he's his creativity is, is really refreshing. All right. There you have it. They're the top five players to look out for in the finals. Week one of the finals. Uh, thanks for that, Sats. That was a really good uh, uh, t- look at those players in the finals. Uh, this is Off the Bench, by the way. Thanks to Bob Jane T-Marts. We'll be back in a sec. This is Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Marts, tyre and wheel specialist. We'll be back shortly. We're back. This is Off The Bench for Bob Jane T-Mars, tyre and wheel specialists. Who gets a mention in our Off The Bench performance of the week? Yeah, it's been a, uh, a big weekend in NRL, and today, it's funny, we both come up with the same mention uh, performance of the week here, mm. Sats, and, and I reckon we, we should put it forward. Um, and it's young Fine Kula, who was training with the Sharks, and a day after his 21st birthday, he found out that he has brain cancer. Yes, yeah. So he's part of the 21-year-old, as you, as you said, he's a Sharks squad member. So in the first grade squad, big, fit, healthy, yep. young rugby league player, young sportsman. And um, yeah, diagnosed uh, with brain cancer and a 10-month fight against the aggressive cancer. He's had chemotherapy, hospital visits, you know, a lot of... Our listeners have, have been touched by cancer in some way, whether it's friends, family, yeah. acquaintances, whatever it may be. Um, but a last week, a full body scan turned up no signs of any cancer Brilliant. remaining at the moment. So he, he's still, it's not finished at the moment. He's still got a long road ahead. I was happy in that, but the fight's never really over, and, you know. Still got to get better. You know, I fought it and I'm here now and they didn't have to say goodbye. If I could give back to anyone, like any other cancer community, like I would in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, the other thing I read out of all that too, Sats, his ongoing treatment every year is $60,000, you know. And and again, you mentioned it when you were talking about this then that, you know, not just Finney, but other families have to deal with this all the time as well. And I just made spare a thought for those families and – and the hope. ones that don't have access to media. Well, the media, the yeah. corporate support that the Sharks have got, the rugby league fraternity, the GoFundMe page has been set up uh, by the Sharks as well. Um, Sixty thousand dollars. I just, yeah. I, I didn't realize. I, it's incredible, isn't it? Ignorantly didn't realize that it still costs though that sort of figure to yeah. to treat 
a cancer that is uh, said yeah. as, as opposed supposedly not there anymore. Not there anymore. Yeah, and that's uh, well, that's it. That's the, that's the case anyway in Finne, uh, mm. Coolest case. Uh, well done, young great man. That's one, one of the great stories I've heard throughout the week. So congratulations on that. Time now for our interview of the week. She's this guy, um, first year in the NRL. He's a throwback. Nineteen games. Mm. Um, uh, Toby Rudolph from the Sharks. He joined us during the week. Superstar in the making, Toby Rudolph. <laughs> It's joining us. How are you, mate? That was quite an introduction. I'm fantastic after that. I'm feeling great. Yeah, yeah. well, you're feeling good because you had a, a weekend off. Um, bit of a tough one to watch, I guess. Your, your teammates go around and, and get beaten by uh, the Raiders who you got to play this week. Yeah, for sure. It was, um, you know, it, was, it was kind of fun being the ball boy, but obviously it wasn't too fun watching the result. Um, yeah, look, definitely uh, all the things to work on throughout the week. Um, but, you know, they had players rested, we had players rested, so... Not a whole lot to take away from the game, but uh, just sort of moving on to the next week and just sort of focusing on the job ahead. How how does the uh, the feeling around the camp now that you're through to the finals? It um, you know it's been a it's been a difficult year for the Sharks and like a lot of clubs, but to finally make it through to the final is that is there a sense of relief or uh, just trepidation of what's ahead for the next few weeks? I think excitement. I mean, um, you know we. We've definitely had a tough year, but we sort of, you know, we sort of feel very appreciative that we're in the, the spot we're in. You know, we started the year 0-3 and 1-4 and at one stage, and, uh, you know, eight teams now have gone home, and, and we aren't part of that group, and we're just sort of excited and, and you know, just, just relishing the fact that we get to play some finals footy, which, which every team wants to do at the end of the year. Now, many people, Toby, have been really critical of the, the Sharkies' defence this year. How do, you, how do you switch that on come finals time? Yeah, look, I think it's just um, when the finals come around, it's, it's an entirely new competition. You know, you've got to ignore previous results because uh, anything can happen in the finals. You know, the will is there. The desire is, is sort of a bit more prevalent. So we just need to focus, have a massive week at training and, you know, look at the key areas that have sort of gone wrong with us in the, uh, in, in the past few rounds. I mean, the biggest thing with our defence is we just don't give ourselves a chance in attack. You know, we, we have such a poor completion rate out of yardage which leads to us doing a lot of tackles and conceding points. So if we can actually just give ourselves a chance, get out of the yards clean, I think our defence will go a long way to, to fixing the problem. How are you enjoying it? I mean, I watched a lot of you in the Intrust Super Cup and it was great to see you get a start with the Sharkies and, and then you did your knee, of course, in that final when you were about to go mm. down for your first year. You're 19 games in now. How, how are you personally finding the, the speed of the NRL? Yeah, well, it's something that, um, you know, I'm, I'm still getting used to it. It is, it is a, a definite step up from the... Uh, Intra Super Cup and from uh, this Wales Cup that I've played for most of my career, um, but I'm loving it. I mean, it's it's you know it's been a dream of mine since I was five years old, like a lot of guys in NRL, and and now that I'm doing it and and you know and uh, you know, I've got a starting spot as well, it's it's just sort of my dream come true. So you know when you have the, the passion to go to training, the smile on your face, it, it you know it just makes it so much easier. I bet, I bet. Now early this year you were going to be a warrior, but that's that's all changed. T- take us through that that process. What happened there? Yeah, that was quite a bit, a bit of a journey there. Um, they got they sort of contacted me earlier in the year, and um, I was uh, really keen to go over. I ended up sort of agreeing to terms um, over the phone uh, the day the NRL was was called off, and um, you know I was really keen to get over there. And then my brother uh, ended up moving to Bali, um, and it was just me. It's just me, my mum, and, and him in Sydney. Uh, mum's really blind, so I sort of wanted to stay here for her. It's uh, not just like she can do everything herself, just more for me being around her and and that sort of stuff. And and then my my sort of got a bit sick as well, so everything just sort of started falling to pieces really. And um, the opportunity to go over to New Zealand became a bit 
sort of just it sort of didn't become in the forefront of my mind. I wanted to be close to family with all that going on. So um, and this pandemic. Yeah, I'm glad. I bet you're glad you are. Have you have you kept an eye on the Warriors? What we've been so impressed with. Uh, what they managed to do, despite the fact, you know, having to having to be over here and a bunch of players went home early. Have you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was unbelievable. There, if it's, there, if it's uh, to sort of come over um, the way they did, be away from their families in such a long period of time. You know, um, obviously, I don't think anyone in the entire NRL was was hit as hard as them uh, by this pandemic, and for them to, to come so close. And obviously, we were the ones that sort of put the sword through them at the end. Um, for them to come so close is just a credit to their organisation and themselves. This is Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Mart's Tire and Wheel Specialists. We'll be back shortly. We're back. This is Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Mart's Tire and Wheel Specialists. The winners, the losers, the how and the why. Let's get stuck into our off-the-bench footy tips. Finals week one, Sats. you got Sats and Jace here as we get through off-the-bench NRL uh, 5.40. The Raiders taking on the Sharks. I can't see the Raiders getting beaten, Jace. I, I think it's going to be a bit of an arm wrestle in the first sort of 20, 25 minutes. I, I can't wait to see young Toby Rudolph. His first finals campaign in the NRL. He's a, you know, he's a great bloke, isn't he? That, oh, chat, that chat was amazing. He's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, but he's also one of those wild childs as well. With the hair flying everywhere. Yeah. Like I say, he's a throwback. He, he should have been playing back in the eighties or. And he's fresh. Yeah, and I'm going to love how he's he'll 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 go into the game wanting to take Josh Papali on head to head, and you've got to do that with extreme caution. But being being young and naive and wanting to get a bit of a name for himself, he'll take that battle on. I'm really looking forward to that as well. So uh, looking forward to Wade Graham and what influence he has on this Sharks side. But I think in the end, even though we all sit back and we kick and scream and say, why are they resting players in the last weekend of the competition, Melbourne and Canberra? It'll show that the decision that Ricky Stewart made was the right decision. All right, Saturday night, Storm taking on the Eels at Suncorp. Storm should do this in a canter. Well, I don't think it'll be in a canter. Dylan Brown has been named. He, from all reports, he trained on Wednesday and trained uh, very strong. As he's quite strong in his in his running with his ankle injury, so um, he'll add a lot to the Parramatta Eels. But I just think the Melbourne Storm, this ability to it's like when finals comes around, they they put everything else to the side and they open up this case which just unearths these all these special game plans, special game plans around finals footy. Um, it'll be about seek and destroy for them, and and Smith will just I think he'll just um, tie them down with his kicking game. All right, Sunday Arvo, the Rabbitohs taking on the Knights. This is the game that you think there could be an upset. The Knights might beat South. They they could I think because well, I, I think. The inconsistency of both these sides means they, they're both starting on a level playing field. The Rabbitohs have been better at the back end of the season, more so than the, the Knights. But the thing that it keeps coming back to me, Jace, is that Caelan Ponga is a special, special talent. He's one of those talents that comes along every so often, like a Jared Hayne or a Joey Johns or some of those players that can single-handedly... Mm just destroy the opposition. And if they can take him out of the game early, South, South will win this comfortably. If they allow him, I'm going to take South, but if they allow him to get a really positive um, contribution early, Kalen Ponga could be a long afternoon for the Bunnies. Righto. Uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend before we go? 
I love watching the Melbourne Storm. I love watching the Melbourne Storm in finals fever mode. They go to they completely find something different. Clinical. That's probably the key word. They're yeah. really, really good to watch. I love watching Cam Smith. He's in his seventeenth season of finals footy. And one of those years is the year that they got all the points taken off them. Mm. They would have finished in the top eight anyway. So I'm look, looking forward to watching Melbourne. Well, unlike you, I actually like spending time with my family. So I'm looking forward to the public holiday long weekend, mm. the rest of it anyway, spending time with the family, uh, perhaps watching the bunnies on Sunday afternoon. And Monday, I can get up at 3 a.m. and watch the Cowboys take on the Browns and watch NFL all day, <laughs> not leave the couch. Just bring me food, kids. That's what I'll be doing. <laughs> That's any day. Oh, true. Good point. Yeah. Um, we better go, mate. This has been, uh, this has been off the bench for another week. With thanks to our good mates at Bob Jane T-Marts, Tyron Will Specialist. We'll catch you next week.